Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Karen Bosveld. Karen is an author, a life coach, and a trainer who specializes in mindfulness, self-care, and grief. Karen, thank you for being here on the show with me. Thank you for inviting me, Ellen. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, When we spoke before, there were just about a million questions I wanted to ask you. (laughs) And when we had our first call, we had the video on, and you were sitting in front of this fabulous wall of books. And I knew that I liked you because I love books. (laughs) And then I found out you were an English teacher previously and um and then had shifted gears into coaching I liked you even more but I'm (laughs) curious to hear um about that how did you go from teacher to coach right yeah there was actually an in-between phase where I was a journalist even um so yeah I I I started out as an English teacher now I was never very happy as an English teacher I was very young and I had trouble uh, disciplining uh, teenagers and mm. I thought I just wasn't a very good teacher and and I thought the trouble was the teaching but later on in life I found out that it wasn't so much the teaching because much much later I became a teacher again but it was the trouble was the subject and and that age group um, but what happened was that I hadn't been a teacher very long and then at the age of 24 uh, my mum died Mm, and it was very sudden and it was a great shock and my whole life was uh, upside down and all of a sudden I found myself I don't know doubting everything um I, I I didn't know who I was I didn't know what I wanted and and it it didn't seem to make sense anymore to be going to that school and hating it so much and and I knew I needed to to find answers to the big questions and and find myself. And so from that time on really I was I became a voracious reader of every self-help book I could get my hands on uh, because I just wanted to to understand life and understand myself and understand life and death and all that. And and so I gradually developed out of teaching, uh, first into journalism, because I've always been uh, a lover of writing. But secretly, what I wanted was, I don't know, either to study psychology or something um, to to still that hunger that I had for, for knowing, um, I don't know, the meaning of life, I suppose. And so uh, I, I, I started doing part-time uh, courses and... Um, uh, in counseling, mindfulness, self-compassion, I picked up Zen meditation, and then, you know, over the course of of all those years, I um, transitioned into coaching. Mm, fabulous! You know, it's it, it's such a sad story losing your mom so young. That's that's awful. But it strikes me that so often when we're faced with just such challenging you know, horrible situations, they they do so 
often lead to our own transformations, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and of course there was huge sadness, absolutely. There was, there was grief, there was shock. And yet, as strange as that may sound, I've, I've also discovered my greatest gifts in, mm-hmm. in, in that event, really. I've, dis- I've discovered myself and, and, and my gifts. And 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 so I can't really, uh, you know, I wouldn't. Looking back, I would not say that was the tragedy in my life or something. It was it was awful, but but you know, on the other hand, death happens, right? Death, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not we're not um, promised or guaranteed a long life. Um, and, um, you know, we all get our share of suffering and, and very often, um, some great gifts are to be found there as well. Yeah, very much. I'm fascinated by that idea of contrast. You know, you must have the, the, I guess, call it bad to have the good and the the pain to have the joy and all of that. It's, it really is a subject that I could talk about for hours, probably, um, I suppose when you get a, a shock to the system, um, it, it doesn't always happen, but it, it usually helps you very much to become aware of certain things that you've been taking for granted. Mm-hmm. It's very, very often it's a kind of awakening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. And you, you suddenly realize your priorities and, and yeah. maybe even your purpose. So yeah, absolutely. And I want to mention, so you... Um, you said that you had worked as a journalist. We didn't say anything about you being an author. You've written three books, mm-hmm. which, um, and we also didn't say where you're located. You're in the Netherlands. That's right. Um, <laughs> the first time we spoke, I, I said, goodness, uh, you, you, don't, you, you sound like you're English. I don't know. Um, but, um, but, but as you said, you were an English teacher yeah. and, um, and have written these books in the English translation of the titles is simply happy, simply mindful, and simply spiritual. And uh, I was wondering if you'd like to speak just a little bit about those um, those works. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to write books uh, because I, you know, I've loved writing maybe even before I could read, mm-hmm. and um, which which is one of the reasons I I, uh, I picked up journalism for for a while. Um, but but I've always really wanted to write a book, except for years and years I didn't know what 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 I wanted the book to be about. And um, and then one day this was quite miraculous, really. Um, um, a publisher just rang my doorbell and said, "Would you like to write a self help book?" What are you kidding me? <laughs> that doesn't happen. That's amazing. I know, I know, but she'd I'd I'd been um I'd been interviewed by a women's magazine. Uh-huh. And um and she'd read that interview and she'd um and she'd googled me and found out that we lived really close. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she, I I lived more or less around the corner from her. So she thought, well, maybe this woman would like to write a book and wow. and I said, yeah, I sure do. And so we brainstormed together and uh, what the book could be about. So that was a great help for me that she, you know, she was an experienced publisher and she knew, um, you know, she knew the the market a bit and that kind of thing. And I'd always been 
uh, obviously interested in you know the the big questions um, um, and and in 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 happiness and in awareness, but also in simplicity. I always I I guess in everything I did, be it teach teaching or writing or coaching or, or whatever I did. I was always striving for simplicity. I always felt um, teachers and writers and, and scientists can make things so complicated. And I'm sure that things can be a lot simpler. Um, and and also I felt that if I want to seduce people to read my books, I have to, to, to make them look um, as if that is doable. You know, I don't want to burden people. I want to make them. I want to make them happy and and hopeful. Um, so I've, I've really aimed with my books at at making these subjects accessible and and to give people hope um, and to and to and to show to them that we tend to overcomplicate things. Um, and 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 that we can uncomplicate things if we want to. And so that is why we called those books simply happy, simply mindful, simply spiritual. And of course, you know, it isn't. It's. It, I would be lying if I if I said it's it's all very simple because we are humans, and we are wired <laughs> to to overcomplicate things. This is just how we how we work. But um, with a lot of awareness and some practice, we we can do things differently. Yeah, well, actually, that's a great segue to my next question, which is how we tend to get in our own way and how our thought process, um, you know, gets us into trouble. You, you said that the first time we talked. Yeah. And I just want to explore that a little bit more. How do we go about getting out of our own way? Because we yeah. do it all the time, you know? No, I know, don't we? Yeah. Well, it's it's. I use the word awareness a lot, and and that is where it all starts. We need to uh, we need to be uh, become aware of of what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And once we understand that, and once we see through the workings of that, we can change it. You can't change anything that you're not aware of, right? Um, but and so what what. what what I always explain to my to my students and my clients is that we are hardwired for survival, and we can't help it. We are humans, and and, and the, the, the you know the, the the one reason why we're here is that our ancestors were great survivors, and so the the the, the oldest and most primitive part of our brain is just. Um, is is wired for survival and and hence we um we're always looking for danger we want to avoid danger and we get into fight flight response at the drop of a hat um and the trouble with that is this is a very effective response when we are literally in mortal danger but most of the time our dangers are not um are not actual mortal danger, but are emotional problems. And fight-flight response is not a very effective strategy to deal with um, with emotion regulation. And that is something we need to unlearn, and that we can unlearn. So when you, so I want to hear more about that. And are you talking about 
things like worry and fear and um, you know those lower like shame and guilt and all of that stuff, or is what you're talking about a little bit different? No, I, the the the, the um, if you like negative emotions that make us feel bad because you know emotions are felt in the body, and if you feel, we feel shame or if we feel fear or anxiety, that that is all physically unpleasant, and so. Um, we are we are pain and and uh, unpleasantness averse as part of our survival system. So what we tend to do is when we feel those negative in, in inverted commas emotions, um, we we um, we get a signal from our brain that we should try and uh, get rid of it as soon as we can, and we have a very unproductive ways of trying to get rid of it. Uh, which is, for example, numbing ourselves or uh, working very hard or blaming somebody else or blaming ourselves. And we have all these very unproductive strategies of trying to deal with emotions that really only need to be felt and um, and given some space and, and, um, and understanding. So what are, do you have some techniques that people can use to work through things like that or to release those those emotions or or you know some do you have some sage advice you can yeah. <laughs> share to help us you know shift some energy or shift some of those feelings absolutely it's what what i teach mostly is is um mindfulness practices and self-compassion practices because really, like I just said, and, and I'm not talking about deep trauma. I'm not a trauma specialist, and if people are re- really talking, really dealing with 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 deep trauma that's locked in the body, then then I can't um, I, I can't really help those people. But you know, um, mortals like you and me who deal with with um, you know everyday uh, difficult emotions. What well, like I just said, an emotion needs to be felt. And um, what I've learned from from Jill Balty Taylor, the author of My Stroke of Insight, that you may have um, heard of or even read, um, she, she's a, a neuroscientist who um, witnesses um, her own stroke, which is fascinating. And she's written a book about. It. And what she says is, an emotion travels through the body in about. 90 seconds if we let it uh, and that, so all we need to do is feel that emotion for 90 seconds and then it will have run its course but because we do not want to feel it we start um, as it were throwing oil onto the fire by by coming up with stories or trying to get rid of the emotion or, um, I don't know, starting a, a, an argument with somebody and all that. And so we only make it worse. So the way to deal with an emotion, the, the, the intelligent way to deal with an emotion that feels unpleasant is to make space for it, literally to breathe with it, to be with it, and to allow it to be there, to acknowledge it, knowing that that will not take all that long if you can uh, stop yourself from fueling it with all kinds of stories. So basically, it's just, you know, doing that, breathing, making space for it, being a good mother to, uh, to your own emotions, really. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. That's such a good way to put it. Being mm-hmm. a good mother to your own emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you're accepting them, you're you're loving them, and you're letting them go. Yeah. 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 That's that's a fabulous way to put it. Wow. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> I can be done now. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, what about so? One of the things that you also uh, work with people on is self care. And uh-huh. I, I believe it's all kind of tied up in what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But why, why is that important? And why is, is, is that something that we as very busy humans are neglecting these days? Mm. Yeah, I, I, the way I look at self-care is, is very holistically. So I think the, the, the most important thing we need to do in this life is take care of our own bodies, minds, and souls. Uh, and if we do that as best we can, then we can express um, the best version of ourselves in this lifetime. Um, and by doing that, we're not do- just doing ourselves a service, but we're doing the whole planet a service. Because we are here with a beautiful soul and a whole set of skills and talents and gifts. And if we do not take care of ourselves, um, we're we're shortchanging ourselves and and. Uh, and the planet, really. But the trouble is, and, and the people I work with are, um, the majority of them are, are women and are uh, professionals who work uh, with people. And very often they uh, have some beautiful qualities like empathy and, and great listening skills and, and, and a great intuition. But they tend to um, to use these skills always um, in service of other people and not in service of themselves because they've been taught to always put the other person first. And that is, that is in the end, that is completely counterproductive because you cannot give from an empty well. Um, so you need to start with yourself. You need to, to really honor uh, your own needs first um, because when you do that, when you are really, really respect, respectful of, of the needs of your own body, mind, and soul, only then can you start to really um, understand how every human uh, and every living being is deserving of that same respect. But it's, it's not very productive to start with the other person. You know what it makes me think of is the what I consider a truth that we we have to find happiness within ourselves and not externally and by the same token we can't really give it to someone else we can be kind to others you know we can share love and joy and all of all of those things with others but they have to choose to receive it you know it's like you you have to nurture that thing within yourself to find joy and um, purpose, meaning, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I, I think it all on some level does come back to the self-care. Absolutely. Yes. And what I often find is that so many women have um, somehow, um, somehow believe that it's selfish to take care of themselves. Um, and they they feel really really guilty doing that. Even you know when when I, I or somebody else has convinced them that it's really necessary to take care of themselves, they will, but they will feel guilty about it. 
and and it really takes some yeah some practice and some some understanding to to realize that you cannot love cannot be unconditional except for you right if you right. if you practice unconditional love it has to include you um because if if you cannot do that then you cannot give unconditionally either it, that just doesn't work yeah it has to start with you does that come back to worthiness like is it even like uh women so often they have trouble accepting a compliment or accepting you know accepting that they are worthy of time for themselves or or self nourishment or whatever it is does yeah. it come back to that feeling of um that we're supposed to be a certain way or we're supposed to be in service all the time yeah i think that is a huge part of it and also that that of course very often they've not they've they've not really ever experienced unconditional love right many many of our parents without meaning to have conveyed the message that love is not unconditional that, that, that children have to be a certain way to deserve love and so that is a that is a message that that um that, that many not just women many children just have internalized they have to be a certain way in order to be deserving of love and they keep they take that pleasing a behavior with them in their adult lives hmm, that's really interesting but the cool thing is that we we always have a choice yeah. to learn how to, you know, dis- despite our upbringing or despite our circumstances or despite what's happened to us, we always have a choice mm-hmm. to give ourselves the unconditional love. Absolutely. And, yeah, certainly. And that um, segues nicely into my next question, which is about spirituality. So we talked about self-care, we talked about mindfulness, and um, you also do a lot of your work with spirituality, and I'm curious, you know, how does that play into this um, holistic vision that you have or, or work that you do? Yeah, well, to me, spirituality is about us being so much more than a mortal human being, that that which um, literally spirits this body is, is, um, is, is part of the divine, if you want, um, that, that we're all stardust and, um, and that our consciousness goes way beyond um, um, this mortal body and that we are so much more than our small selves. Um, and, and of course, that is, uh, I, I sometimes feel, well, I cannot um, experience it any other way, but I am aware that not everybody experiences life and, and spirituality that way. Um, but, I, but I guess as soon as you, as you are aware of the fact that you do not live in isolation, that we are all interdependent, um, and that if we hurt something or somebody outside ourselves, that we are hurting ourselves because because we are interdependent, then that is spirituality, as far as I'm concerned. That is the the the, the realization and the the knowing that you are part of a bigger. Um, of something bigger and that you are connected to it and um, and that 
you are so so much more powerful than you think you are if you if you stay restricted in you know in the small self and and especially that aspect of interconnectedness um that helps greatly um you know coming back to what we discussed earlier the trouble many people have with self love I, I teach self-compassion, and, and one of the ingredients of self-compassion is common humanity. The realization that no matter how much you suffer, no matter how how undeserving you think you are, um, you are part of, of humanity, and other people have these feelings too. And, and, and it is okay to have these feelings because you are human. And, and as, as soon as you can let that sink in and realize that and even, you know, even even um, feel that that is true or see in other people how true that is, um, that that connects you to this to this magical tapestry, if you like, that, that we call life. And and that to me is spirituality. Mm. I also like the image of the tapestry because that that resonates strongly with me too. Mm. So yeah, the interwovenness of it all. Um, What and and so um, as we're here in our human form, what about happiness? What what's um, is there a way to define that? Is that individual for everybody? What what are your thoughts on happiness? Well, what I found for myself is that the less I try to pursue happiness, the happier I am. And Mm. I think happiness is very much about really being present, really being, showing up for your life, no matter how it is, and being accepting and acknowledging of, of whatever shows up for you, of whoever shows up for you, of of um, of really connecting, really listening, being all there, and it is very often because I discuss happiness a lot with students and clients, and when I ask them when when are you happy, whatever they describe, it's usually a moment of connection with somebody else, or really feeling a part of nature, or an interaction with an animal or mm-hmm. or just or whatever some a, a moment where they were truly enjoying truly relishing whatever they were doing or whatever they were experiencing so or connection with themselves and so happiness i think is to be found in those moments when you are really present for whatever is there and as soon as you as you realize that happiness is not about pursuing the big goals um, because, you know, whatever you achieve, that your, your soul will always come up with new wishes. So there's always more to achieve. Um, so if, if you define happiness as achieving a goal or acquiring something uh, like a house or a partner or, or, or a child or whatever it is, you have to realize that your soul is about expansion, so it will always give you new goals. Um, and uh, so, if you if you think that happiness is about achievement, then you will always be disappointed. But 
if you realize that happiness is about really being there, really um, experiencing the fullness of it all, then you will know that it's it's all about awareness and being present. Mm, that's a great definition. And I often think that we need to redefine the way we think of success. I, you know, just the, what, as you just described it is, is really, really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to kind of leapfrog that question mm-hmm. and ask you the really big one that is um, kind of burning within me. And that is, you know, if it's true that happiness is all about being present in the moment, then what the heck is going on in the world today when we're all like on our devices and not ever really present? And, and what kind of implications do you think that has? Mm, that's a very interesting question. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, of course, that, that the, 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 those devices, in a way, also connect us to the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So the, there's absolutely something wonderful about them. Um, I've, I mean, through social media, I've met wonderful people like yourself, um, people I wouldn't have met if it hadn't been for, you know, for the internet and, and, and Skype and, and Facebook and what have you. But it's, again, it's all about being aware of what you're doing uh, and of not letting those devices run your life. And and the the danger is, of course, like it's it's immensely um, rewarding for our that that that, that a reward uh, system in our brain to to um, to click and to get lost in all kinds of links and what have you. You can get you know you can, can get completely sucked in and zone out. And that is where the danger lies, when you're no longer present, when you're no longer choosing, but you are letting your impulses guide you. So to be able to to enjoy the, what's good about those things and to not be completely um, um, distracted or, you know, them and, yeah. and have them uh, lead your life, take over your life. You need to be disciplined and to um, to become conscious over and over again. But I mean, you can go through a day completely not conscious anyway, whether whether you're on a device or not. You know, I I certainly know not so much now uh, these days, but but years ago, I could just get up in the morning, get into my car. And not come to my senses until late late at night, you know, when I was on mm-hmm. my couch, thinking, my goodness, what was this day? What have I done? Where was I? And and so that unconscious state is that danger is always there anyway. And I suppose the internet and and our phones and laptops only um, make make it worse. But but it it asks of us to be really aware and to realize. And not just once a day, but time and time again, that we have a choice, and 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 probably also um, be more intentional about whatever we do, and not not just about our use of the internet, but also about our use of the internet. Just for example, before you go online, really ask yourself, what why am I doing this? 
Is it because I need to get some information? Is it because I need to contact somebody? Or is it because I want to distract myself because of something I don't want to have to deal with at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so so the more aware you are and the more intentional you are, the 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 more you can reduce the risk of it letting uh, letting it run the show. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it too. Um, letting it control you, or or going to it with a need for feeling better, or something. You know, it's it's one yeah. thing to seek out information; it's another thing to um, self-medicate by numbing your mind. You know, very much a thing like smoking and snacking, and you yeah, know, exactly, etc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, thank you. And, um, gosh, I have just a couple more questions for you. You, um, one of the really cool things that you did recently was you went outside of your comfort zone. You did something different that you hadn't done before. You Uh put yourself out there by organizing your first retreat in the south of France, which sounds Uh fabulous. So was that, what was that like? Was it scary to do something different like that? Well, it was, but the thing is, I, I, um, I've wanted to do it for a long, long time without knowing exactly why, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have just have these things like, like you want to write a book, for example, you know, um, you, you have certain desires and you don't know where they come from, but all you know is that you want to do it. And I had that with this retreat, but when it drew near, of course, I, not until then did I realize that it was quite scary as well because I hadn't done that before and um and it was it all of a sudden I realized that it was quite a, a responsibility I'd taken on but but deep down I knew that I wanted it and I also knew that I could do it and it, it, it was wonderful it was just it was just great I I was with a small group of of wonderful women and uh in a beautiful place in the south of France where we were pampered by the owners of the of the farmhouse and we just had six days of well of soul diving basically it was i i created the space and a, and a program where where people could come with all their questions and everything they wanted to examine about their lives we did meditation some yoga um, guided meditations we walked a lot because the nature was just so beautiful there and and some coaching sessions and 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 creative stuff and and it was transformational for all of us. So I'm so excited about it and so happy to, that I did it because I, I really needed to do this once to experience myself in that role and to see that um, I didn't have the desire for no reason. I had the desire because this is something I can do and 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 really want to do. So... Um, yeah, next year there's going to be um, there's going to be some more of that. Ooh, wonderful! Also, also in France again. Probably, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to go to the same place because it just it is ideal, um, mm. and it, it it's beautiful and and uh, and very hospitable, and um, you know the circumstances are just ideal. So. Yeah, but 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 we're also uh, considering um, maybe the Caribbean. Oh, uh, nice. 
but that is a bit more complicated because you have to fly there and and um, depending on where you are in in the world of course but european participants in the south of france you, you do not necessarily have to to fly you could also drive um because flying always makes it a little bit more uh, complicated because you have to be um if if you if people tend to decide quite late whether they participate in things and if you know if you decide and there is no more flights then um, yeah that that is uh, right it it sounds wonderful and i will definitely um post those links on um this the page and and links to um your you know your website and and people can reach out to work with you individually or do you have groups yeah both but um yeah so individually i i um i work online and i work um here in my home and i work in my cottage in the heart uh, in the woods in the heart of the netherlands and um so yeah individually is is a is an option or or come to my retreats mm wonderful thank you karen um, we do have to wrap up, but I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to leave us with. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Well, um, there's just just so much that um, so much that has helped me in in my life. But but what I'm really passionate about at the moment is that um, I call the women I work with wise women, and very often they think they are not yet but um but i think everybody is wise and but the wisdom is to be found in silence and by turning inward and i think we live in a very in a world that's very much um looking outward uh very very outward focused and what i'm wishing for this world is more people who turn their focus inward and look for their inner wisdom and uh instead of reacting to all uh, to everything outside them uh responding from from their inner wisdom and and so really that when i invite people to come work with me and come on my retreats this is what i help them explore and trust explore that inner wisdom and and also learn to trust it because that is a place it's not just of wisdom but of deep love as well and i think the world needs a lot more love amen to that sister that was, <laughs> <laughs> that that is absolutely true um karen thank you for a great conversation i, I really enjoyed this and thank you so much for inviting me ellen yeah yeah it was fabulous um thank you so much for being here Thank you all for listening to today's show. My guest was author, coach, and trainer, Karen Bosveld. You can find this complete interview, links to Karen's website and social media pages, to her retreat, and also to the fabulous book that she mentioned, all of those on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thanks again for joining us, and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.